From San Diego, California, this is One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about premature ejaculation and the impact that coming too soon has on each of you. And there's a quote from Stephen Covey that says, instead of being a product of my circumstances, I am a product of my decisions. Hmm. And this is really you know, going to be applicable as we start to talk about premature ejaculation and your perception and how the two of you actually respond to it. What's the decision mm-hmm. that the two of you make on how you respond? And we'll be talking about that in today's show. But first and foremost, we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And this is an opportunity for you to hear from someone in the One family, someone whose life has been impacted, be, be it listening to the show, or implementing the intimacy lifestyle or something like that. And this hug comes from an Instagram message that we received that says, hi guys, I just wanted to say thank you, all caps. I discovered your podcast last week and it has helped me so much. I'm newly married and I'm Colombian and my husband is American and we were struggling sometimes with the cultural differences and our expectations. Mm. Once we listened to your podcast, two things happen. One, we realize that we're normal and a lot of people go through the same stuff and this is a learning process. Okay, just as a side note, Mm -hmm. if we could have all figured that out as newlyweds, Mm -hmm. wow, 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 wow. These guys are like light years ahead. Number two, how important it is to keep the promises we made in our vows and the way we communicate the things that don't work for either of us. Game changer. Yeah. Game changer. She goes on to close and just says, so I just want to send a big hug and thank you for helping us to make the married learning, married life learning process fun. Which is great. It, it, it has to be fun. There is a process that we're all going through mm-hmm. as we engage one another on this journey of marriage. And I love when newlyweds get involved in this process from the get-go yeah, and start having these conversations. Like they don't even have time to get into all the bad habits that the rest of us have to, you know, figure out and then, um, you know, overcome. And so that's exciting. And, you know, if you know someone that's getting married, this might be the time to share the One Extraordinary Marriage show with them, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter that we're in coronavirus. Wedding season is still happening around the country, around the world. Share the show. You could actually, we've been hearing from so many newlyweds that are like, oh my gosh, listening to you guys from the beginning is actually changing how we do marriage. So and can the- I say one one other thing though yeah. too? For those of you who have been married and you, you've been sitting here going, you know what? We, we're, we're in a new place. Mm, that's good. It, it may be time for you guys to think about doing a vow renewal. Mm-hmm. Elise and I did that at our 15th. And I'm telling you, there was this, there was this line in the sand that was made to go, you know what? Yeah. We, we've lived those 15 years and we're not going to just, you know, negate them. And yet we're going, I do now where we are now and moving forward. And we're about to celebrate 24 years in October. So if you're one of those, one of those couples and, and you're coming up to an anniversary, it may be time to just do a small intimate renewal. And you guys really saying, 
and really expressing those vows to one another. Absolutely. And, you know, as we jump into kind of transition from go renew your vows, um, one of the reasons that you may actually, you know, think about doing this is because your sexual intimacy has changed Mm -hmm. over the years, right? Tony and I got married when we were 22 and 23. He just said, we're coming up on 24 years. So if you do the math, we're, you know, soon to be 40, well, 46 and 47. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've both had our June birthdays. Um, And so like life has changed. And the topic, this show around premature ejaculation and and the impact that it's having on couples really came about because we've been having more and more conversations, not just about what this might look like within our own marriage, but Tony's been hearing from a lot of guys who are in this place of going, hold on, what's going on here? Yeah. And and more and more, I, I have been talking to husbands and this place of like, man, I don't know if I'm living up to what I should be in the bedroom. Mm. And and really where it comes from is a lot of guilt, a lot of shame um, on, on their part of like not able to sustain once penetration happens. Mm-hmm. And so I've been having a number of conversation with husbands and just talking through this a little bit. And going, okay, what 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 does this look like? What, what what's happening? And so through these conversations, there just have been some aha moments that as I was thinking about this episode, going, Alisa, we need to talk to the one family about this because it can't be just, you know, a couple of handful of men that I've talked to that th- they're thinking this or feeling this. Mm-hmm. If they're talking to me, and I know I've been in a place where I have had these feelings myself of man, I can't last that long. And yet, let's start talking about it. And hopefully through this conversation, we're going to be able to shift some mindset and perception around what premature ejaculation is Mm -hmm. and to help you feel fulfilled in your marriage bed. Absolutely. And you know, the last time that we did dedicated shows to premature ejaculation, and we actually did a back to back, um, episode 254 back in 2015 okay. was premature ejaculation. And then episode 255 was delayed ejaculation. So those were two shows where we singularly focused all around that. And so it's been a while, mm-hmm. right? And we've experienced some changes in our own lives. But you know, as we look at this, I actually want to share the definition of premature ejaculation because here we are five years later than the last time we did a dedicated show. And it actually made me chuckle when I read the definition. You guys will figure out why in just, or you'll hear it in just a second. So this is according to mayoclinic.org and it says premature ejaculation occurs when a man ejaculates sooner during sexual intercourse than he or his partner would like. And I read that and and guys, the chuckle came from, well, what does that mean? Right? Like, like, are we talking a time zone? Are we talking, you know, not a time zone, a, a, you know, time frame? Like there's, it's so vague. Mm-hmm. It's such an incredibly vague definition. I was like, oh, well, that could be anything. And yet, you say that, and yet there is some nebulous number that somebody has put out there at some point in time and who has said, if you ejaculate prior to this time then it's premature ejaculation. So that was the first aha we began to have. Right, because like what's that time space, right? Like how long in, How uh, like what's been going on? What are all these types of things? I do just want to share that Mayo does say it's a common sexual complaint and that estimates vary, but some you know, reports say that as many as one out of three men experience this problem. And you know, we've had 
situations, we've had circumstances, we've had seasons in our own marriage where it's been like, okay, is this, is this becoming a problem? Right. Mm -hmm. Are are we like, are we going to label this premature ejaculation? And there were some very distinct times. Like when we look back over the almost 24 years that we've been married, you know, a lot of times it would happen when we weren't having sex that often. Mm -hmm. So, you know, long gaps between sex, we'd have sex and I'd be like, Whoa, well that was fast. What's that about? Or, well, what's that about is that, you know, penis hasn't touched vagina in a long time and you're really excited. And once it does, it's like, okay, I'm done. Right. So those types of circumstances, we've had it when there's been an extended amount of foreplay, mm-hmm. right? So there's been like, you know, mid long minutes, you know, I, again, long we're not, I, well, I'm like, we're not sitting there with a timer going, well, that was 22 minutes or that was, you know, 30 minutes, like just extended foreplay. And I, th- and I don't know if I, I, if you could put a time around the foreplay, I would say heavy, like, um, intensity, w- intensity. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like, heartbeat racing you know the intensity of that foreplay is so intense that it's just like you're all in literally or mm-hmm. all out as mm-hmm. the case may be yeah True. A little little play on words there but we as tony was having these conversations and then we start talking about it within our marriage we're like okay what what other factors are going on here because we asked you all, and this is, you know, Mayo says one out of three. We asked the one family, roughly 27% of you said this has been, uh, this has impacted your marriage at some point in time. Mm-hmm. So pretty close to what Mayo's saying. But, you know, we, we realized that some of these studies, some of this research, some of what's been talking about, some of what's being labeled as premature ejaculation, you know, maybe we're not taking into account all of the sexual factors mm-hmm. that are at play. And if we're not doing that, then are we rightfully calling it premature ejaculation or is it just part of the sexual experience? And, you know, here's the here's part of the, the struggle with this is that this label premature ejaculation this set of circumstances within the marriage bed it does lead to feelings of shame it leads to feelings of embarrassment disappointment lack of confidence Mm -hmm. and i wonder if we start looking at some of these extenuating factors if we can actually reframe it and change how the two of you view your sexual intimacy and what impact does that have on you if you're able to do it because there is if you're not having sex frequently and if you have not listened to the show for very long, first of all, welcome. Mm-hmm. We're so excited to have you listening uh, and as part of the one family. But for the first 11 years of our marriage, before we did the 60 days of sex, which is episode one, um, you know, we were in this place where sex was infrequent, right? And so because of that lack of frequency, there were two things that were very, very aware our, our the role gets rolled into that. One is there's a lot of pressure to perform. There sure is. Right. So you're in this place of like, oh my gosh, well, yeah. And it's part of the reason why somebody was actually quoting you to me the other day, honey. Somebody's like, yeah, it's like when Tony says when scheduling sex takes the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. Yeah. And it's so true because if you're, if you don't know when the next time is as guy that you're going to have sex, the, this is just my perception. You can correct me if I'm wrong. There's a lot of pressure to make the sexual encounter epic. Well, as a as a guy and as a husband, I, I want that experience to be one that is epic, that is enjoyable on both parts. And that release, that time, you know, if it happens quicker than expected, 
then there is a letdown mm-hmm. because as a man, I want to enjoy that. There, there is nothing more, in my mind, pleasurable, right. you, you know, especially doing that with you. And so when, it, when, we, when it's infrequent, there is that performance anxiety that starts to happen mm-hmm. most likely. There is a lot of buildup. If that, and that's saying that you're not masturbating and releasing. You, you know what I mean? So th- let's take that out of the picture right now. Let's just say you haven't done that. And all of a sudden, your wife's ready to go. And you're going, I'm ready. And yet, soon as you touch... It's done. Right. Well, because there is that buildup that we've talked about that naturally happens in the male body. Right. So you have the performance anxiety and then you have this, you know, sudden, and I'll say sudden just because it hasn't been happening regularly, sudden physical stimulation. Mm-hmm. And so you've got like a, like a one-two punch, mm-hmm. right? And we asked you guys as part of this show, you know, how often are you having sex? Right. And there were hundreds you guys hundreds of responses to this which we love because i mean there's nothing greater to to share what's happening within the one family mm-hmm. because this is what it's about i mean we'll bring in studies and we love sharing those things and yet what's happening with you guys what's happening with the one family well and what we found was that 41% of those that responded responded that they were having sex somewhere between zero and four times per month. Okay. But out of that 41%, like, you know, okay, I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's, that's 41% of the people are saying maybe once a week, maybe. But 11% said it was between zero and one time a month. So there's roughly 30 days in a month and you're just kind of throwing an arrow at the dartboard and, you know, hoping it's going to hit on one of those days. And what I realized as we were talking about this and talking about this challenge is that now you've developed this kind of vicious cycle around premature ejaculation because, because let's say premature ejaculation happens, right? You know, you guys haven't had sex in a while. It happens and everybody's like, whoa, what was that? And so he's feeling um, embarrassed and shameful. And she's like, what about me? And so everybody kind of pulls back from having sex because that was just awkward and uncomfortable and we can't talk about it. And so then y'all wait a really long time. Another month or more to have sex. To have sex. And so then what happens? Well, there's a lot of pressure to perform. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long time since there's been any physical stimulation. So guess what happens again? Mm-hmm. It, it becomes, guys, it, it's a cycle. It, it's a cycle that we need to address. So we have to be taking a look at this because that that stimulate, like ladies, he doesn't want to come quickly. He doesn't. It's not like he's like, whoa, how fast can we get this over with? In most cases, I, I will say maybe that's an extenuating circumstance, but you know, most cases, but we have to address the fact that if we're not having sex frequently and if we're not defining what sexual intimacy can look like, then we could be actually just perpetuating this cycle. And and so that's one conversation that we've been having in our house just is what does this look like for the one family? The other conversation that we're having is how are we actually defining sexual intimacy? Mm -hmm. And, And this really started to come about as we, you know, we've been doing the five day intimacy challenge, right? And one of the couples, you know, the first time that we did the five-day intimacy challenge, there was a couple that's like, I don't know that we can have sex every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. But can you be sexually intimate on a regular basis? Is sex simply the act of intercourse, penis, penetration, vagina? Like, is, is, that, is that the only definition of sex? And this is a conversation Elisa and I have begun to have. In all these years of talking about sexual intimacy and sex, it's all of a sudden we're, we're, we're looking at, 
our sexual that the sexual intimacy in going well, how how are we defining this mm-hmm. and how does this play into how we see and how we perceive premature ejaculation because from a very early age and and even young marrieds i would say sex and sexual intimacy was the act of penetration mm-hmm. penis and vi- vagina that is sex. Well, and and if we look at the world and where it is right now, all all so many different things are are defined as sex, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and sexual intimacy. You can be talking about foreplay. You can be talking about oral sex. You can be talking about petting and touching and kissing and doing all of these kinds of things. And so, if we label all of that sex, and we're doing all of that before the penetration actually happens, is it possible? And I just want you all to think about this for a second. Is it possible that you've been having this period of extended sexual intimacy so that by the time penetration actually happens, it's actually been really long Mm -hmm. and that the act of ejaculating is simply one cog in the wheel. It's not like he's coming quickly, but there's been all of this buildup. There's been all of this time where you've been sexually intimate but we're not calling it sex because we only define sex in this very, very, you know, narrow definition of penetration. Yeah. And obviously that time prior, we've called it foreplay. And I think we'll still call it foreplay because there is, there's this play that is happening prior to the act of penetration. And yet the totality of that is still the sexual intimate moment we have together. So for example, I just want to share um, for us, and, and I'm going to give a couple of examples. One could be extended sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. One in which we're laying next to each other in bed. One in which we begin to touch each other, kiss each other, get close to each other. There, there, there begins to get a little bit of a, a, a racing of the heart. I mean, there, there's, there's, there, there's just arousal. A, arousal happening. There's there's touching of each other of each other's genitalia. We're, we're we're enjoying each other. Maybe oral sex comes in at that point. Maybe we're using lubes or oils or something to 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 arouse each other. But in those times, and in that time, we're touching each other. There's a lot of heavy touching, and I'm telling you, there are times when I'm just like, whoa, you you need a you need a step back a little bit. Because it's right at the edge. And, and guys, you, you know this. You, you know that you're right at the edge, man. You got to breathe. Like You're like, I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. So it, that's that heavy, we're going, we're going, we're going. And then all of a sudden you touch, you know? And, and when I'm saying touching, it's penetration and you complete. But there's been all of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. happening. And we have to be talking about this. We have to also acknowledge, and, and this is a slight sidebar, but we have to acknowledge the fact that stress and medications do also impact our men, regardless, ladies, of what popular media would love you to believe that men are always ready and can maintain for as long as you know the day is long. The truth of the matter is, is that there are a lot of things that impact their erection, their ejaculation. And so if we're not if we're not talking about this, you guys, we're doing a disservice to our marriage. And we have to talk about this from a holistic point. And we're going to do that a little bit more right after this word from our sponsor. It, it It's, you know, with what Tony and I have been doing for the last 10 years, you know, I forget that not everybody talks like we do about these types of things. It's part of the reason why we get behind the microphones every week, right? And this is one of those topics that like gets whispered about if it even gets talked about at all. 
right? It's that kind of like, oh, right? And there's, there's building resentment, there's building frustration, and that happens on both sides of the marriage bed. It's why, it's why we get here and we say, okay, you know what? Let's just, let's just say these words over and over again. So you just get comfortable hearing it and you can actually bring it in to your own conversation. But first and foremost, this is going to be a time where the two of you start to say, okay, wait, how do we define our sexual intimacy? Do, do we call that whole period of time, including foreplay, including, you know, petting and oral sex? Is, can we call that sex? big umbrella Mm -hmm. so that we acknowledge the fact that if we're doing that for, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, I don't, you know, there's no, there's no set time on that, but that's all build up. Mm -hmm. And if that's all build up, then by the time penetration comes in, hello, ladies, he's been erect for, you know, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and you feel good. And and, yeah. And I was going to say, and and you've probably had an orgasm or two and and you've enjoyed the stimulation as well. And I know for Elisa and I, in those moments, it's, it's not like she wants me to go on and on. She's, she's had her orgasm. She is at euphoria. And so I've come to realize it's like, okay, cool. If, if, if I end up penetrating an ejaculation quickly in, in my sense of the terms, like within like say 30 seconds or so, it's okay. Mm-hmm. There, there is no premature ejaculate. That doesn't even cross my mind because I'm like, Alisa's satisfied. I've been satisfied. We're good. Let's move on. There is no, oh my gosh, did I, did I last for two minutes? No, I didn't last for two minutes. There's no way in heck I'm going to last for two minutes after all that heavy foreplay. And what we're now looking at is the holistic view of sexual intimacy. Right. Because it's not, it's not up to some study to tell you how long he should last. It's not up to some researcher telling you, well, the average encounter or the average duration before ejaculation happens. Like that is, is we can't be so dependent on what everybody else is telling us based on studies of a thousand people or tens of thousands of people or whatever. It's not someone else defining what foreplay looks like for us because the reality is, is that the two of you are unique individuals. Mm-hmm. This is where the conversation around sexual intimacy really pushing into that, you know, deepening and strengthening your emotional connection, that emotional intimacy matters so much because as you do that, guess what? You build this place of trust where you can have these conversations where you can talk about things like premature ejaculation. And then how much stronger is your intimacy when the the two of you have that deep connection, you're able to talk about the tough topics and you're like, wait a minute, wait, let's define this for us. And can I make a, a quick distinction between what we're talking about and a quickie? Yeah. You know, I just want I just want to make sure because we talk about the quickie as a way to be able to have sex in shorter periods of time. Yes. And I, and I want to share something here though too. For me, I will tell you a quickie, even though we label it as a quickie, is actually a time when I will last longer during penetration. Hmm. I wonder why. Well, there hasn't been twenty or thirty minutes of buildup before penetration happens, mm-hmm. and so in and it, it, it's a weird thing because I'm like, wait a minute, we call this a quickie, and yet a quickie will actually last longer than what our actual sexual encounter is in terms of penetration. Right. So, so just I want to actually recap that for folks. So. What we've been talking about in this show are situations where there, and I mean, we said 20 or 30 minutes, sometimes it's five or 10 minutes, right? But there's, there's been foreplay, there's been buildup, there's been things that happen before the actual penetration. So in that type of situation, the 
the time frame around penetration to ejaculation is much shorter than when what Tony's saying is around a quickie where there's not all of the buildup. It's just the act of penetration. And that can actually be longer for us mm-hmm. during a quickie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it almost seems counterintuitive. I know. And that's why I'm just like pausing on that for a minute, because this is what we're talking about. You guys, can the two of you have a conversation around it? You know, like what counts as sex? Right. How are we going to define that? What conversations do we need to have about foreplay? Mm-hmm. Are, are we counting foreplay as sex? If so, then what does that look like within the, the time frame and the arousal and the intensity that might have him ejaculate faster once penetration actually happens? It's conversations, you guys. It's saying, you know, what does it look like? Because I I know one of the comments was, um, one of the things that we heard from a lot of women is, well, basically, what about mine? Like, when am I going to get my orgasm? If if he comes quickly or if he Mm -hmm. comes too quickly. And what I would say to that, and there are a lot of men that actually chimed in, I and kind of like Tony said, I make sure she has hers first Mm -hmm. so that when I have mine, we're all good. And I know we've done episodes in the past talking about, um, orgasm for the for women in terms of vaginal orgasms versus clitoral clitoral orgasms and the amount of women who have vaginal orgasms is very low it, i think it's uh, i want to say it's like 25% versus 75% that's with, clitoral mm-hmm. yeah and, and and i'm not saying that that discounts where you're at and yet in this moment would clitoral stimulation help you mm-hmm. and allow you to have that orgasm? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things, and I said it earlier in the show, but I, I just want to repeat it. Like, what would it, what would it, how would it impact your marriage? Or what would it mean if you saw the ejaculation as a sign of his deep arousal? Hmm. And that that's a good thing, that he is so intense. He's so in the moment. And like I said earlier, ladies, you feel good. Right. If we took that as a compliment instead of as a like, oh, crap, what's going on? That's a mindset shift of saying, wow, he's really here Mm -hmm. instead of like, well, that was too fast for me. Mm -hmm. And I and I want to add that you guys need to start talking about scheduling sex, Mm -hmm. because if you're only having sex zero to four times a month and let's just take it on that lower side, let's say you're having it one, maybe two times a month. And the letdown is because it it happens so fast. What would happen if you begin to schedule sex more regularly? Believe me, when we've done our challenges, do do a five-day intimacy challenge. Do a seven days of sex challenge. Do a 30 days of sex challenge. You want to see how that changes, how fast you you, you ejaculate? Or how long. Or how How long. Well, how fast. I mean, because... Believe me, man, it it goes from like quick to like, okay, that was sort of quick to like, oh my goodness, like I need to finish here and I'm struggling. And so you begin to learn your body, men, ladies, you get to learn his body and how it reacts to having sex. Well, and this is where having the conversations around how the two of you define sex. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're not always going to penetration. Maybe not. Right. That could be a conversation. Hey, let's just be sexually intimate. But tonight we're just going to, you know, it's, we're going to sleep naked and we're going to have heavy petting and we're going to call it good. Right. It's getting into these places where we're having conversations that the rest of the world isn't having. Right. It, it, extraordinary couples redefine what this looks like. So we're not playing by everybody else's definition, but we're saying, hey, 
you're my husband, I'm your wife. How are we going to define this for us? And how can we be on the same team and deepen our connection around this topic? You know, it's so, it's so important that we do this guys and gals, right? Because this is one of those topics. I mean, we see it, we hear it, we get the emails every week that this is a struggle. But what if, what if it just has to be redefined? Mm-hmm. What if we just have to say, you know what? Hold up. Is this really a problem? Or are we just, you know, buying into what everybody else says it should be? Are we buying into what media says it should be? Are we buying into, you know, what we hear the guys joking about or the gals, you know, reading in Cosmo that, you know, it should last this long? What if we just said, hey, what are we going to do? And there are ways that you can do that too. I mean, guys, start testing out ways that allow you to last longer in bed. You know, there there are penis rings. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I love the penis ring. There there to me, it does help a bit that there is this sense of constriction around the penis that allows that. And then when you do ejaculate, I tend to feel like it's much more intense, mm. just from my experience. Um, condoms. For, for those that don't use them, and when you do put it on, there's there's a, a little bit less of a sensation. Right. I, I go both ways. I, I know the Lola ones that we've uh, used in the past were probably one of the better condoms that mm-hmm. I like for the majority of feeling, but it also allowed me to last longer. Well, and there's also that pause for a lot of men too. Yes. Where the pause of putting on the condom mm-hmm. actually is that, that breather that mm-hmm. you were talking about where it's like, okay, take a breath. Yes. Now I re-engage. So you can do that as well. There are creams, there are sprays, there are other ways to do that. Also, we did an episode, episode 488, Kegel to Better Sex. Mm -hmm. And that is something that you're doing prior to your sexual intimacy. This is something that's happening like daily that you're just, you're practicing and it's going to allow you to last longer. Absolutely. You know, whatever this looks like for the two of you, I mean, this is the week where you redefine it. Mm-hmm. This is the week where you have the conversation where you say, you know what, well, let's talk about this. And maybe it hasn't been a problem, but you know what? We're all getting older. Our bodies change. Stress happens. Medications happen. Let's start the conversation now. Let's be proactive couples Mm -hmm. so that we don't get into this place where we're like, holy cow, what just happened? And we don't have any language around it. This week, you've got the language. Yeah. Go out there, talk about it. It doesn't matter if you've been, um, if you've never experienced it or maybe you've experienced it in the past and it hasn't happened again. And maybe you're not sure how to, how to bring it up to your spouse. This is your week. Bring it up. It's okay. Have the conversation. Disarm one another around premature ejaculation because when you do, you're going to have the, the the sexual intimacy you desire in your marriage bed. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys. <laughs>